This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the DTC pod. I'm your host, Jay, joined with Ramon, the CEO of Trend. And we have a very special guest with us today, Trevor Carlson, who is the CEO of Fresh Fuel Marketing, a full-service digital marketing agency specializing in the food and beverage industry. Trevor's got a lot of experience in e-commerce, with webinars, Facebook Live for e-commerce, working with ads as well for Facebook and Instagram. So we have a lot, a lot of stuff to unpack over here today. A lot of good questions for Trevor. But before we dive in, I'm going to go ahead and pass the mic over to Trevor first. Trevor, if you want to give us a quick little intro about you and tell us a little bit more about uh, what you do and what you work on. Yeah, thanks, Jay. Uh, So yeah, I run a small marketing agency called uh, Fresh Fuel Marketing. I have a few other projects that I'm involved in as well that are outside of like the food and beverage space, but Fresh Fuel is really specifically focused on on growing food and beverage businesses in the e-commerce space. So got started years ago working in, in e-com, was, had a startup I was working for after I left that. I, was, I jumped on with a new marketing agency and just kind of left that and to help a friend of mine out that runs Mission Meats. So Mission Meats is like a grass-fed beef meat stick company and you know helped them with like rebuilding their Shopify site and really just like I don't know, going nuts on email, Facebook ads, all this Google ads, all that stuff. And I had some other clients, but I really found myself like really happy working with food and beverage companies because I felt like you might be able to do drop shipping and drop ship some some goods from China and whatnot. But you know, at the end of the day, it's like I'm thinking very consciously about the impact that I'm having. So everybody's gonna need to eat and drink. So I feel like working in the food and beverage space was a, was a good fit for me. I do some consulting with some other folks outside of that and like software and whatnot, but food and beverage is where, where we live. Plus I like all the free samples that I get from, from clients too, which, which is a nice little perk. Yeah, definitely can't beat that. (laughs) That's awesome. So I know we're going to talk a little bit about sales funnels and those kinds of things. I think everyone that's listening is probably pretty familiar with like different parts of a funnel. You've got like top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, and all that good stuff over there. But I really kind of want to spend some time unpacking some stuff that maybe people aren't as aware about and specifically some strategies over there. So, you know, I know you spent a lot of time working with many different brands. What are some sales strategies that you can kind of share with us for each part of the funnel? And if there's anything like unique that you have too that most store owners maybe aren't doing right now um, that you can share as well. That'd be great. Yeah, for sure. So there's so much there that I can, I feel like I can share, but I'll just, I'll just start with my top of funnel stuff and work my way down. So pre ads, everybody should be, should make sure that their website is in order. So that means can somebody you don't know come to your website or that's never heard of you, never been on your website. Can they come to your site and understand what you do? and learn everything they need to get all their questions answered in order to buy your product, sign up for your email list, download your app, whatever it is. Can they get that information in an easy manner, whether it's desktop or mobile? Then do you have like your proper tracking in order, whether it's Facebook, Google? I mean, if you're using like, you know, if you're fancy and you're doing like Snapchat and TikTok, make sure that those tracking elements are in order. 
And so you want to have that set. And one thing I would definitely do is like, I use Hotjar a lot. So Hotjar is a tool that you can, it's basically like a security camera for your website. You can monitor how people use your site, what pages they're going to, what flow. It's like giving, using that with Google Analytics gives you a visualization. Like you see where their mouse is moving, what they're kind of highlighting as they're reading, whatever it is. And so you get that in place. And I would even have like, if you're a newer brand or you're having, you're struggling getting conversions, take your site and put it in front of like 10 people, you know, grab your friends, roommates, grab your parents. Parents are a great test because if they're older, they're probably going to have a harder time, like finding things. It's not going to be intuitive. So run it past them. Then after you've made all the changes that got brought up, then start thinking top of funnel. Biggest mistake I think people make is they assume that their target customer speaks the same way that they do and that they already know everything that they're trying to tell them. So for example, I'm going to use Axel Provisions as a, an example throughout this. So he sells a product called Chimichurri. First, when we started working with them, he was like, everybody knows what that is. I had never heard of it. So we start running ads, no one's buying. Okay, so, so what do we do? Well, we have to teach people what Chimichurri is. And so that means Axel writes a long blog post about the history of Chimichurri, how it's made, what it is. Now, all of a sudden, that ad, that's like our best performing ad because it explain, it teaches somebody something new and it guides them through the buying process. So that's the first thing in, in top of funnel. Think through like, maybe they don't talk about things the same way that you do. So make like have just your top of funnel thing, just be an explainer, teach them something, share, with, share some new information, any type of video, anything that helps them become better at their job or like, you know, like with these cook, they these food products. They want to be a good chef or a good griller. So help them do that better with your first top of funnel piece. And um, typically that can be done through like Facebook ads. I mean, you could do YouTube, YouTube video ads, anything where it's like content related is great top of funnel. I mean, Twitter, Quora, all these places are great for running top of funnel. And then for next step, so like middle of funnel stuff, typically you're looking at like all right, so now they, they've answered that question. You've helped them out. What's next? All right, so now you're going to tell them a bit more about your product. Are you going to give them an offer? So a lot of people don't do the first step and they just jump straight to offer. They're like, if you buy this, we'll give you half off right away. And then they just kind of spam them with offers. I mean, offers are great and they're very important, but they have their place. You're not going to marry somebody on the first date. So why would you expect somebody to buy from you when they don't know who you are, they don't. Your brand doesn't have any credibility. You haven't built any trust. So we want to build relationships with these customers, so that way they keep coming back. Because the most expensive part of the funnel is, or the most expensive cost to you, or the business owner is going to be the the first purchase from that customer and getting their like email and phone number. So middle funnel is all about like the offer, getting them like retargeting them to product pages answering any remaining objections or questions. And then bottom of funnel is going to be more like your email automations through like Clavio or whatever tool you're using, OmniSend, uh, whatever it is. And then you can do like Google shopping ads that are retargeting. Everything that's in the bottom of funnel is like, all right, you've gotten them to the site. They've looked at your product page. They've, they've shopped with you. They're interested. What types of information are they missing to get you to purchase? One little trick that I've learned that works really well, surprisingly, is like retargeting to messenger ads uh, for for um, bottom of funnel. So it's like, hey, we saw you were interested or you added to cart and you didn't finish your purchase. 
send us a message and tell us what's going on, what, what questions you have. And something as simple as that, it's like them talking with you. And then they're like, oh, I was thinking of purchasing, but I got a little confused about X or Y. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, here you go. Here's that information. Would you like to finish your purchase now? Different things like that. I mean, I can give you some more examples on specific ad platforms and how you would do that. But really, it has. I think it has less to do with the ad platform and more to do with the strategy and thinking through how you're helping your customer fulfill whatever role that they like are buying the product for, whether it's like they want to be fit. So you're selling like a juice. How is that juice helping them be more fit? Well, they don't have to go to the store every month to, to go shopping and, and get all this stuff. You just deliver it right to them and they've got all their, their healthy juices in the fridge every morning, no stress, all the obstacles are gone. You took care of it all for them. It's all there. So how, how can you think through that customer's profile, help them accomplish the goals that they have? That was a long answer. So hopefully, hopefully that helps. No, no, that's what we want. There's so much to unpack there. You know, Hotjar is one thing that we haven't covered yet on this podcast, I believe. So super curious. So like, you know, what are the things you look for when you look at Hotjar? Like what have been some of the big discoveries? And then Another question is, do you use dynamic landing pages to hone in that message or did you just send them all to the product page and refine from that based on audiences rather than landing pages? Yes. So on so the, to answer the first question, what I look for on Hotjar recordings is like, okay, so they look, they went to the product page. So you're basically watching person after person on your site. So everybody hits the product page. And then the next thing that they do, they leave the product page and they go to the about page or they go to the blog or recipes. You see where they go and then you see them like read this thing and then they leave your site. So I'm looking for like what points they're getting stuck on if they're looking for certain types of information regularly. And then I'm trying to give them a way back to the product page. So if they're going to the about us page, reading it, and then just leaving, I'm just going to put a button or like embed a product at the bottom of that about us page and try to get them back to thinking about purchasing again. Same thing on blog posts. Like every blog post shouldn't just end. It should have a link to a product page, embedded product. It should have like a schedule a call with us. There should always be a way back to purchasing or communicating with the business on I think on every page, but I'm probably a little over aggressive on that front. On the other side of things you ask, like, do we use dynamic landing pages? So I use Instapage, which does have that option, but it tends to be something that it gets skipped a lot because, you know, we're I'm simply testing out like like once the product page is built in a way, like with everything else we have going on, adding dynamic product pages on top of that is just just feels a little unnecessary because we have so many other tests happening, like A-B testing, different landing page layouts. We have A-B testing ads. We have Hotjar, studying Google Analytics. So just the dynamic product landing pages on top of that is just something we haven't done. Now you're making me feel guilty because I'm not doing it at the moment, but... Well, that's why I asked because there's so many layers. You know, it's like the copy on the ad, the content on the ad. The landing page, like how do you isolate those variables? I'll give you an example there. So in like the general consulting that I do, there's a travel company I work with called Embark. I sent you one of the webinars that, that we did together. And so we're running ads for them for like a training guide to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro, right? So first thing we did was just like, we wanted to get like the whole funnel converting. So that means like we built out the landing page in a way that was 
like good enough. Like it wasn't, it, it was probably like a B or a C plus. And then we got the ads up and running and then we just kind of like tweaked. So first step was like, okay, so we have the funnel running. Everything is like average. Let's see where the biggest places people are dropping off are. So we have like a, we started out with like in a few different tests, like testing out some different videos, found the ones with like the best click through rate and the best CPC. And then we just narrowed it down to like that one creative and one ad text. Then we're like, okay, so now that we have the ads part functioning in a way that we're happy with, let's get the conversion rate higher on the landing page. So now we're, we're focusing on A-B testing that landing page. Like we have a bunch of different variation tests going on. So I would say it doesn't necessarily, like you have to build the funnel and kind of see see what you have first. Because like if we're running ads traffic and we're getting a 0% conversion rate, we're going to prioritize the landing page. If we have a conversion rate, we're going to focus on getting the ads cost down first. So it's really just dependent on like getting that initial funnel up, figuring out where it's messed up, focusing on where it's most messed up first, and then just like gradually improving. Are you interested in DTC and e-commerce content? Join Trend's exclusive community for everything DTC, the DTCers community. We're talking marketing, product, growth, and more all about DTC. Go to trend.io slash podcast. That's T-R-E-N-D dot I-O slash podcast and look for the Slack community link to claim your invite. We hope to see you on there. Those are great tips over there. And thanks for diving into all of that. I want to actually ask a, uh, a question about um, top of the funnel over here because I know we've covered it on other episodes, but I thought you brought up an interesting point, especially with... Uh, more of that educational type of content. So is that something you typically run with a lot of the brands that you work with, basically like sending them to some sort of like blog post early on versus a product page? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I would say that best case scenario, what you do is you basically have like your blog, a long form blog post. It doesn't have to be that long. It just has to be informative, like trust building, something that actually helps instead of those like, sure, a top 10 list can be great. But if it's a bullshit top 10 list, then it's like, you know, it doesn't really help anybody. So make sure it's good content. And then when they hit the end of that blog post, you just have an opportunity for them. Like for Shopify, you just embed the product right there. You just embed the product page below the blog post. So then they can just be like, oh, and while you're thinking about it, here's the product that we just got done telling you all about how to make this perfect flank steak with or something and here well are you ready to ready to order so you can get started yeah that makes a lot of sense over there and a follow-up to that so i know at least for me and i'm sure everyone <laughs> both the the both of you on here as well could probably attest to this also is like i'm so used to getting like facebook ads where it's like the first time i see a brand is directly to the product page and i think it's probably because there's maybe a little bit of hesitation of like, you know, we're trying to obviously like convert to customer. We want to have like a return on ad spend over there. For those people that are listening that might potentially be running some of those same ads and are maybe a little hesitant to potentially send people to some sort of like educational page, what would you say as sort of like a convincing factor? Like, hey, you should you should really go and try this versus just being so, so focused on having that top of funnel like directly go to some sort of like purchase conversion? 
there are definitely ways where you can skip the first step. Like I'm always thinking about long-term though. Like I want people to come back when they like, I don't want them to just be like, oh, I got half off on this thing. So I bought it because it was cheap. I want them to be customers that come back more than once that have a good experience that will go tell their friends about it. I don't want them to go tell their friends like, hey, I got this thing for super cheap. You should also get it because it's super cheap. I think saying like, hey, uh, I bought this thing and it was great quality. They showed me how I can, how I'm just going to use Axel more. So like they showed me how I can grill all these different South American dishes and and it's like, I'm becoming a better chef because of it. And it's not just based on price or offer or deal. It's based on relationship. So you kind of just have to ask yourself, what type of business do you want? Do you want one that's like, as soon as you stop discounting your products, your customers go away? Or do you want ones that are like lining up to buy the next thing that you come out with? Yeah. And I'm sure it probably helps build that brand trust as well. Um, so that was a really, a really great example over there. Let's talk a little bit about webinars and Facebook Live too. I think uh, you know most e-commerce stores that we do see out there are typically spending a lot of time on uh, you know either ads or posting on organic like social like Instagram or even TikTok nowadays. Don't really see as many people on the webinar and like Facebook Live side. So for that, can you kind of share with us why you are so bullish on? webinars, Facebook Live, and like any examples of brands that are like doing this really well? Everyone keeps giving me shit because I'm just, I keep telling them after, because I'm like, dude, just do a Facebook Live or a webinar or God, just do something where you're like live in front of the camera. So these things I'm talking about, right? So because of some of the privacy changes, be a little creative, right? On how you can sell things through Facebook because a lot of the tracking is broken, attribution's broken, some audiences don't work as well. So you have to really like, you know, I, I was just sitting there like how, <laughs> everything I've used for the past five years now does not work. What do I, or doesn't work as well. So what do I do? And I was looking at some examples from some other clients and in other industries that have used webinars and Facebook lives to do really well. So what we are working on in the e-commerce industry is, it's like top of funnel educational stuff I'm telling you about. It's like, okay, so if somebody takes the time, so you pay like a dollar for somebody to show up to a Facebook Live. Um, if somebody takes the time, hopefully less, I don't know, depending on the industry, they take the time to show up, right? And you're just, you're not trying to sell them. You're just like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to make, so I'm going to use Axel as an example, because whether he likes it or not, we're going to do a Facebook Live where he shows people how to cook something. So we, we drive traffic to the Facebook live, right? He gets on camera and he's going to, he just goes step-by-step step how to create this thing. He's showing them every step of the way. I mean, there's probably going to be some like, okay, this is, I'm putting this on the grill. Oh, I put this one on before the thing started. So I'm here, I'm taking it off, putting my chimichurri sauce on there and my salt and pepper. And then he's just going to be like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever tasted. You guys got to get this. If they show up and they sit through that entire thing, there's a really, really good chance that they're purchasing. Plus what you can do is throughout that Facebook live, you can just be like, Hey, if you want to download the recipe, I threw up a landing page, just go here. Then they get entered to your Clavio email sequence or your OmniSend email sequence, whatever you're using. I'm really bullish on it because 
it's all about that relationship building. It's putting a face to the brand. There's a lot of trust that's been lost by consumers because what they'll do is go on Amazon, they order something that looks really nice, and then they get it in the mail and it's not what they expected because there's there's just a lot of like weird stuff that happens with people launching a product, then getting a lot of good reviews, then changing what the product is. And it's really just kind of like not great. So Facebook Lives and webinars, if people show up, they're showing a lot of buying intent for your product or service. I mean, if someone's going to take a half hour and listen to you talk and they know what they're showing up for, they have to be interested. Otherwise, they're just crazy or bored and you have their attention. Now it's your job as the face of the brand to show them the value in your product. Like, Don't show up and just be like, you should buy my sauce because... It's so good. You know, you'll really like it. It's like, no, no, show them how it works. Have people eat it on camera. I mean, it's just taking stuff that's worked on TV for years and just using Facebook Live for it. Hopefully yours is better. <laughs> I mean, even even Gary Vaynerchuk did it with Wine Library, right? Like it's still, he did it with Wine Library. That's how, you know, he really grew that that wine business. And it's somehow still an opportunity that has so much room for growth. I think, you know, marketing is buying awareness. And if you can buy a click for 50 cents, why wouldn't you buy 20 minutes of their time for a dollar? You can sell your product with an experience attached to it, not just a picture of your product. And the experience, you know, you can basically immerse yourself as being a user, customer of that product. And so you're sold by the time you're done. And remembering too that depending on the price point of your product, you might not make money on the first sale. But if you actually take the time to build that relationship with the customer, and let's say, let's say because of your offer, you paid five dollars to get a purchase, right? But they only buy that one time, and you made like, you you made a little bit on it. Now imagine you're paying twenty dollars for that first purchase, and maybe I don't know, maybe you lose a little bit. But then they come back and buy like five times and you don't have to pay anymore for the next four. It's like, why wouldn't you pay $50 for that first one then? And I think a lot of people, especially if you have a, a lower cost item, like in the food industry, like high cost item, it's like people who are going to subscribe, people are going to continue to purchase. I mean, it's even better for them. Like It's like building that relationship is more expensive but you're going to build a more loyal customer base that will grow your business a lot over time. And I think it will make your life a lot more fun and a lot easier as a business owner, at least. So, I'm sure it probably also helps with things like average order value too over time, right? Yeah, yeah. If you have like a $10 average order value, then you're probably in trouble and you need to figure out how to get that, get that up. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that definitely helps. You can, tell them, you can tell them the steak and the grill at that point. <laughs> One other thing that we want to hit on, I know we've talked a little bit about Facebook ads, talking specifically about like the funnel, but we haven't really talked that much about creative. And I think, uh, you know, that's, that's the fancy buzzword that's out there now for every e-commerce store owner. It feels like everyone's talking about how do I get better creative? Creative is what's going to make the biggest impact on your ads and stuff like that. I want to turn it over to you to kind of ask like also on creative and even creative ways to make Facebook ads convert. What are some suggestions that you can kind of share with the audience on that? I try to stick to these rules whenever we're creating any type of ads. And that's like, make it look like it's user generated content has to have a person in it, using it on some level, and then make sure that the label is shows up at some point in time, hopefully throughout the entire entire video or in the content. Cause 
what'll happen is somebody gets a piece of content, it converts and they just they use it for like a year and then it stops converting. And then they start like, this has happened recently. So I just have some PTSD from it. And then they're like, why isn't this working anymore? And you're like, 5 million people have seen this 12 times. <laughs> like everybody's seen this. It was cool a year ago when it was new, but we need something new to try. And they're like, that makes no sense. It was just working. I'm like, it makes perfect sense. If you see something 20 times and you haven't bought yet, are you going to buy on the 21st time? Probably not. So why are you paying to show somebody the same thing over and over again? So it's like, you need a large amount of creative to test. And also you never really know what's going to work until you test it. You have maybe a rough idea, but we've done some like stupid things. Like I, we were doing a video shoot for some content, uh, like I don't know, a while ago. And there was a grand piano at the place. It was for one of the, the juice company estimate collection that we work with. And there was a couple there that were doing some modeling for us. And they were, the guy was teaching the girl how to play something on the piano. And I was like, damn, throw the juice on the piano. Let's get this. Like, let's get this on video. This is cool. And it was just like a spur of the moment thing. They took a drink of the juice, played the piano. That was it. It sold a ton of juice. And it was like, like, we did all this other stuff. We spent the entire day on all this content and none of it worked except for this stupid thing. So it's like, no matter what anybody tells you, like, they're like, oh, I know exactly what's going to work for. Co-. You don't, you don't know what's going to work. Like we've had some really stupid things work. Like with Axel, he ate sandwich. He put his spicy chimichurri on it. He took a bite like upside down on the camera. So only like part of his jaw was showing and it's like dripping onto the plate. And then he's like scraping stuff off the plate and eating it. And then he just like gives a thumbs up. And that was like his highest performing ad creative. It was, it was like, We've spent so much time on like nice things and then just doing that worked. And so having that type of ad creative is just like a game changer. And this is like influencer content, right? Like if you send something to an influencer, this is what they're going to do. They're going to use it on camera. They're going to talk about it there. And then the label's there. So that's why I think what you guys are doing at Trend is really awesome because it like checks all those boxes without really having to you know, you don't have to like try to do it yourself. And I think it's great. So, and then on Facebook ads, it's just like running those videos as a lot of those would either be, I mean, you could try top of funnel stuff with those, but mostly I would use them for like retargeting creative and using them as conversion, like video, video creative on, on conversion focused ads. Those are some really good tips over there as well, especially in terms of swapping out creative. I kind of be, um, curious to learn a little bit more just super quickly like how often do you recommend swapping out creative and are there I know you mentioned trend but are there any like other like tools and resources that you kind of use to manage creative or even manage ads potentially as well and figure out like what's working there I have used other tools for managing ads but the Facebook ads dashboard is just so much better <laughs> than everything else I, I mean I've tried like ad espresso and things like that but at the end of the day, it's just so much. Ad Espresso has a lot of great options like, or features, but I really just like to have the control myself over all those things. Like I can read it in front of me on the ads dashboard and it takes me about the same amount of time. So I would just say using the native. And then as far as coming up with, I mean, we use Canva a lot of the times because what you can do is if you have like, you know, you have like multiple influencers, like you have several influencers that have done videos for you. You can just like, throw up like a nice branded frame on Canva and then loop all those videos together. So you have like 
you've just now taken three pieces of content and made another one. So, and then also like you can, I don't know, use Canva. It's great. You can do whatever you want. You can take screenshots, test it out as, test them out as uh, images. And you can run a bunch of images as a looping video or a whatever, a video with images in it, whatever you call that, something like that. So that's, those are typically, I mean, I use um, Loomly for like auto scheduling social stuff. But I don't think that's what you're what you're asking because you can't create anything there. But it's great for for managing and getting approvals on clients for posting things. This message comes from Wix e-commerce, the professional platform that enables entrepreneurs all over the world to create and run their online store and grow their e-commerce business. If you want to sell online, make sure you stand out. Go to Wix e-commerce and create an online store that will grab shoppers' attention. Build a state-of-the-art storefront, showcase your product with striking product pages, and sell subscriptions. Go global and display prices in local currencies. Boost your sales by offering instant coupons using the live chat. Streamline your checkout process with automated shipping fees and sales tax calculation. Manage your inventory and track your sales from one convenient dashboard. Analyze your comprehensive sales and traffic reports. Check out these and more must-have e-commerce features for sellers who mean business. Go to wix.com slash e-commerce today and join over 700,000 active stores selling worldwide with Wix e-commerce. Cool. Well, those were some great suggestions over there. I know we covered a lot over here. So one last question I'll ask over here, and if Ramon has any as well, is uh, I'll ask, do you have any other great tips or leaving words that you kind of want to leave with the audience around either e-commerce funnels, webinars, or anything else that we kind of talked about today? Yeah, I would say um, the more fun that you have creating the content, writing the ads, the more fun that you have creating the landing page, the more the more enjoyable experience it's going to be more for the user. So if you just, I mean, I definitely do write very informative ads for the most part. But if you tie in some elements of fun, some like tongue in cheek, you know, being playful towards your target audience, don't be, don't be an asshole, but, but just, if you're having a good time and uh, you're just having fun when you're creating these things, your customer is going to have a lot more fun going through it. So I would just say like, just enjoy yourself while you're doing this. Don't, don't like worry about like grinding yourself to death, finding the perfect thing, because the silly thing that you write is probably going to end up being like the best converting ad copy that you have. Awesome. Uh, Ramon, anything else that you want to kind of add? No, I mean, Trevor nailed it. You know, make your life easier. Use something like Trend to get all that creative and those creators. You don't need to make your life a hundred times harder by going through the process. So thank you for for spilling the beans here and, and sharing the knowledge. Awesome. Well, Trevor, it was really great having you on the podcast today. A lot of knowledge that you shared with us and the audience over here at DTC Pod. So I uh, really appreciate that. Before we sign off, I'll pass the mic over to you one last time. If you want to share where people can kind of learn a little bit more about what you're doing, even work with you or even connect with you as well. You know, I uh, you can just hop over to freshfieldmarketing.com and drop us a line if you want to chat about any of this stuff. I'm always, always willing to provide like an unlimited amount of ideas. And then, you know, check me out on LinkedIn or Instagram. I think I'm just like Trevor Carlson or something like that. Just hit me up somehow. Thank you, Trevor. Awesome. We'll we'll drop those links in the show notes for anyone that's listening over here. 
Thanks again so much for joining us, Trevor. This was another awesome episode. Uh, For everyone that's listening out there, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to drop us a quick rating, subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see you next time on the DTC pod. Thanks again for joining us, Trevor. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.